that the quiet of a thousand nights falls upon your ears, an idea will betray you. Your secrets are not yours alone. An abyss opens beneath your cradle, and the torch will sputter into darkness. You will hold the myth of life in your hands, and you will drive the chariot of winter. Hey guys, welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today, I'm joined by Bam Bam playing Albert Long. Heck yeah, you are, because today we're doing an oh-so-special episode of Al and the One That Got Away. So the the ultimate goal of this episode is just to kind of learn about who, who this guy is that Al's been chasing and hasn't shared a lot of information about. So we're going to start at the beginning. Uh, remind me, I guess, was it two or three years that you've been chasing Mr. Matthew? Uh, it's been three years. Three years. So three years ago, time fade, time fade, time fade. You received a notice from Atticus that he had a bounty for you, which is a little odd. Usually you just kind of sniff around and, and, and find a job with him eventually. We'll say he sent a messenger boy saying that Atticus needed to see you, that he has a job for you, but he had no details, which would make sense. That's per usual. No. That's per <laughs> usual. <laughs> uh, it would make sense because he wouldn't want paper getting out about certain jobs or details, so... Come on down to Atticus Balcazar's... Who's the what's it? Balcazar's Bonds. That's what it was called. And he has a job for you. Very important. Show up on time. And when you get there, there... It's it's weird. You know his place isn't fancy. It's a warehouse, basically, that has no real accoutrements. There's some windows that are even broken. It's not a, a pleasant place to be. Inside, it's completely empty except for a desk and two chairs. It's also interesting because you're not really sure where he keeps his money because there's not a safe. But, you know, this is his office. And usually he's sitting in the big plush chair. I mean, it's worn out usually. There's some patches, there's some stuffing coming out. But usually Atticus sits there. And instead, there's someone else. He is a tall, broad, giant man. But he's wearing a very nice suit. His hair is well-maintained, looking very healthy. He looks older, probably middle-aged, and he sits there with his fingers steepled together, staring you down. It isn't just him. Atticus is there, standing behind him, sort of. Looks more nervous than anything else. He's twirling his mustache with a little bit more fervor than usual. What's, what's most odd is that there's no goons. All his henchmen that kind of run around, even the, some of the people who are coming and collecting bounties, it is completely empty. It's never been so slow before. <laughs> but that is the scene you enter on. In very Al fashion, because, uh, you know, he's just strolling in. <laughs> and, uh... You know, he'll look at, like, the this man he hasn't seen before. He'll also kind of, like, look around. Uh, and then I'm looking at uh, Atticus. Uh, yo, uh, Addy, who's, um, who's this tool? 
Atticus Balcazar. You can, as always, use my full name. And he looks at the fool in the chair and looks at you and his eyes go wide and you instantly know, like, Atticus is scared. Whoever it is in his chair must be a big wig. The, the man says nothing as Atticus starts to circle around the chair and the desk and goes to approach you. Ah, oh, yes, uh, Mr. Long, it's, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you got my message. And he clasps your shoulders. I can't remember how sh- tall or short. Um, he's 5'9". Okay, so yeah, Atticus actually kind of, it's a little bit rocking onto his toes just to make your ear. He, he whispers pretty quickly, don't mess this up. Behave. Be the best version of you possible. Don't get me killed. And he pulls away and like, claps your shoulder back again. You're actually a little early this time, which is welcomed for once. And he tries to force a smile. So Al definitely smirking back at him. Well, you know me. I am a character. And like winks at him uh, and then looks back at the dude in the chair. Albert Long. And you are? He quirks a brow at your introduction, I suppose. And his, his fingers kind of tap together as if he considers actually answering. And he has these eyes that are... It's like worn money. Just very this dirty, dull green color. But they they pour into you more than you'd expect. And he lowers his hands. You can call me Mr. Gibson. Please, have a seat. And then, like, you know, Al will, like, nod towards him. And then kind of, you know, in a joking manner, look down at Atticus. He's like, see, Addy? He offers me a seat. And then he'll go up and sit down. (laughs) Atticus Balcazar. Always correcting you on his name. Oh, no, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And once you're comfortable, Atticus goes to stand behind Mr. Gibson once more. And they both kind of look at each other. Mr. Gibson kind of this look of like, well, why aren't you talking? And Atticus having this look of, I don't want to fucking talk. It's a weird tense moment and then Atticus eventually breaks Mr. Gibson here would like to place a bounty on a gentleman named Matthew McFate however discretion is key in this and when Mr. Gibson said he wanted this done quick I knew to call you and you really are one of our top guys and the way he says it it's a little slimy you know he might be laying it on a little thick. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it's Al, so I feel like he still <laughs> just eats it up. <laughs> uh, and kind of just, you know, using just, like, you know, his, like, shoulders and head, kind of like a curtsy type thing. It's like, eh, you know. He lives Earthside, just on the other side of the breach, actually. He's a street magician. He lives in Chicago. He's gaining some steam and popularity there. He also often comes to, to Malifa, but currently he is in on Earthside. The reward for this is 500 guild script. Uh, and to save people's ears, Owl Whistle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then as he does it, he'll kind of like, like, you know, kind of retreat to himself real quick with like a, a you know, quizzical face. He's like, wait, I'm, 
I'm, I'm hunting a street magician? Atticus switches which side of the mustache he's twirling. You know, gotta keep it even. The, the energy radiating off of Mr. Gibson is just pure cold hatred. And it's not for Al, but the more you guys talk about this guy, even though it's in these very vague details, the more seething comes from him. He's not breathing hard. He's not red in the face. It's just this quiet, cold hostility. And neither of them answer you. They don't clarify. Just this rush of emotion coming towards you from both of them. One of them very nervous. One of them super fucking mad. So, 500 script for a street magician. Wait, take your watch. And Atticus goes to, to speak at this point when Gibson talks instead. 400 now. Keep asking oh, whoa, questions. Whoa, hey, hey, easy. Gib, dude, come on. Let's, uh, let's go back to 500. Why don't you just tell me where I need to go and uh, we'll take care of this. Addy, come on. <laughs> Atticus immediately puts his hands up in the air. So freaked out at this point that he's not even correcting the nickname. <laughs> and so he hands in the air and the I want no part of this. Gibson sits and is not even even thinking, just more staring. You know what? I want this done sooner rather than later. And the sooner it's done, the more money it is for you. Sound pretty good to me. That gives me about two days to just kick back and relax. You see his jaw tighten as he like kind of starts to grit his teeth. Ow! I feel like I would like kind of. I mean, unless you want me to flip for it, but I feel like he would kind of notice that. Because I, he's oh, yeah. used to pissing people off. <laughs> yeah, no, this is... He's not trying to be subtle about it at all. He is very much, obviously, pissed off at the world, quickly becoming pissed off at you. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> so Al, like, you know, kind of like, you know, put his hands up and like, look, look, I, I'll get your man, all right? Don't worry about it. I belongs on the case. Mr. Gibson pushes himself away from the desk. I hope so. And like for a moment, that anger fades to something akin to relief. But then his jaw tightens again. And even his form is just tense as he marches out of the office. Once the door closes, Atticus relaxes. Just a complete, oh, his shoulders drop and he looks at you. I would not dilly-dally on this, Al. Get this job done. I don't want this on my docket any longer than I need it to be. Yeah, yeah. Addy, Addy, I, I got this, okay? Look, look who you're talking to. Alright, no need to get all worked up just because this guy sat on the wrong end of a stool. This is gonna be fine. Do you really not realize who that is? Yeah, you said his name was Gib. Gibson. Yeah. And he shakes his head. It's a real mover and shaker, Al. Or you don't want to be on his bad list. Please. Albert Long on a bad list? <laughs> uh, and Al will do that, you know, that like... You know, I think when people come up and they do little lat taps, like on your cheek. Yeah. <laughs> kind of give them the, like, you know, quick one, two. <laughs> I'm not on any bad lists. I'm Albert Long. Well then, good luck and be safe. Sounds like this one's a slippery one. Please. 
haven't met one yet I couldn't catch. And we'll star swipe. Transition. So this this does kind of stand out to you. You haven't really done bounty jobs for Earthside that come from Malifaux. It's it's pretty rare that you ever have to go back that way. So it's odd, but not impossible. But can you explain your process of how you hunt a bounty? So Al's more of a try to trick you type of he'll do what I can. he'll do uh he'll do what he can not what I can he'll do what he can <laughs> um to you know find uh, like opportunities in certain situations to kind of like set something up uh he does have his rifle that he will use to I guess intimidate it does in fact have some notches in it for every time he actually kills now he will play it off as he chooses not to he likes to catch his men alive. Mm-hmm. Al's just a terrible shot. <laughs> Al has never been able to really shoot well. He has... <laughs> uh, so he he just... He finds a way, be it, you know, setting up, you know, tripping you while you're running, splashing things in your face... I even want to say he might have accidentally set something on fire. He finds whatever means possible. He likes to consider himself a quick thinker, <laughs> though it's not usually the best decision <laughs> to make. Okay. I imagine he'd probably start off probably in the brothels, asking around, burning a little money. But then that he- makes you thirsty. So then you go to some bars. You drink a little there, and you spend some more money, and you're hearing kind of a bunch of different stuff about Matthew McFate. You hear that he has performed on street corners in Malifaux before. You hear that he actually doesn't live in Malifaux at all, that he lives purely on Earthside, that when he's here, he rents a room, but it's like he's never at the same place twice. Mostly, though, people have no idea who you're talking about. Most of the people that interact with him are people that he's either paid or they've given him money. Kind of hidden under the guise of the fact there's a lot of people here and he doesn't seem so special. But you you follow the lead, too, of that he's in Chicago currently. So you take the train over to Earthside. How long has it been since you've been Earthside? Maybe about a year, maybe a little over. Spent some time here. He's been doing some stuff. So it's not like there's much that's changed it's still a big city still smells people are still assholes I think maybe the first time you see him you you maybe not let him get away but you definitely underestimate him and at first you think it's just a a flashy distraction that magicians can use he shook a red handkerchief and then suddenly he was gone and you know magicians you didn't quite expect it, but you also know he didn't get away completely. You're able to kind of keep tailing him. You're able to find out which hotel he's staying at. There's times where you feel like he's almost letting you catch him before he disappears again. And there's times where you have him in a corner. But this is almost just a little too fun. And you don't really... You don't know why. You've, you've never really had this compulsion to keep the chase going. But there's something... 
about this one that sometimes maybe maybe how you cornered him just wasn't that fair and that was sitting wrong with you what i i guess i can't speak for al what other reasons would he kind of sort of allow him to get away i mean al i feel like al's like he's you know maybe not like doesn't show it quite often but al's a pretty softy and I think that's I, I feel like in terms of like their like cat and mouse thing uh, could like play a part into it of why he just like grows more and more just agitated that he hasn't caught this man because each time just you know oh wait please let me just or just, it's like something that just kind of like pokes at Al and him being a softy and he's just like oh, okay but next time I see you <laughs> I have I have a great visual of one of those times where he shouldn't get away and you have him and maybe he just looks tired that bags under the eyes hunched over exhausted that after chasing him as long as you have I'll say maybe about a year at this point you offer to buy him a drink he's not going anywhere he's done for and you guys sit and talk at the bar for a while. And he doesn't really talk much about work. And you don't really talk much about work. And it's almost like two strangers having a drink together. You know, he, he tells you about his wife. At that, at that point, he had just married her. And that they had a small wedding because he couldn't really afford much. Um, and he, like giving you just, just little details about his life. That might be part of what pokes at the softy. Is that he has a, he's a newlywed. If you take him now... God knows what's going to happen to him, and he's leaving behind a wife, someone that he clearly loves a lot. And I also like the idea of these drinks maybe becoming more frequent. And it, yeah, I would never say that they're ever friendly. They always have this sort of acquaintanceship to them. You know of each other, and it's like sharing a drink after a hard day of work, and you know you're going to split ways. But next time, next time, God damn it, you're going to get him. Yeah, I feel like, too, like, with the whole, like, you know, the newlywed thing stuff, too, you know, him and his whole softy thing. It's like, all right, well, you, you know, just like, I imagine one, like, at one point, there was, like, the line of, like, you you need to, like, tell her what's going on, let her know you're going to be away for a bit, because the <laughs> next time I see you, I am taking you in. Yeah, 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 no, 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 of course, yeah, yeah, no, I'm serious. Let her know, because I'm going to take you in next time. So, I would say that, I think at first... It was kind of fun. And you were doing other bounties along the way. You were never starved for money. And you knew this one wasn't really going anywhere. Occasionally Atticus would ask you about him. And you'd say, oh yeah, he got away. Or no, I'm still on his trail. And Atticus would be frustrated, but wouldn't hound you about it. Yeah, I want to just like go on record in terms of like with Al and the whole not catching him yet. Al would never say that he got away. It would always be like, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, definitely like something like on his trail, something like that. You know, they'd be like, ah, yeah, I almost had him. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I guess as, as time goes on, some of that softness starts to harden. And... The, the excuses are becoming less cute and you're getting more frustrated as it's not so much a game as he actually might be outsmarting you. And that just, that can't stand. 
So the the scene I, I want to move us towards next is him performing on a street corner. His setup has changed over time. He's grown more popular as time has gone on. Uh, he used to just have an old box and that he would put on top of a wooden crate and some hand-me-down clothes and a cloak. Like, it just looked really cheesy. He still isn't dressed for the nines now, but he still has his old box and he's still, or he's able to put it on a nicer table almost. I'm not sure if fucking fold-out tables existed in the 1900s, but hey, be their equivalent of. He had a spot and like it was a regular spot that people knew after going to uh, the pier that they could go and find him and, and watch a show for a little bit. And you are currently across the street. You can you know where he's at. So you were sitting there with Lucifer, watching him as he wows this crowd of people. I like how you doing the rule Lucifer because that was that is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> What, what number, Lucifer? How long have you been standing there? I want to say it's the second. Because, like, it, it, like, he hasn't been standing there a long time, but he also, like, it wasn't just, like, a, you know, him just looking and then decide to, like, move. You know, he's sitting there, he's kind of like, all right, this is it. This is, uh, I'm going to get him this time. Uh, and I imagine eh, maybe just, you know, because I like whatever, like, you know, he's sitting there doing with people. Maybe he watches one of like, you know, the tricks he does. And he's like, hmm. All right. All right. Kind of just like maybe halfway through the segment. He's like, all right, no, it's time to it's time to get this asshole. <laughs> so how do you go about it? Um, so I will try to, you know, not like covering his face wise or anything, but try to like, you know, wiggle and slither his way through like the crowd. Just kind of get up close. Are you trying to hide from him or the crowd? Uh, more so him, not the crowd. Like trying to like like blending into the crowd to get closer. Okay, go ahead and do a stealth challenge or a stealth flip for me, please. Don't got stealth, so straight flip. So that is a seven of rams. Okay, you think you're being clever? At least he's not reacting. So if he sees you, you don't know. He is in the middle of a rope trick. So it's the one where you are tying knots and you're cutting it and tying it back together and it becomes one big rope again. And there's there's a group of children at his feet that are cheering and hollering, having a good time. The adults are clapping, enjoying the... It's a simple trick, sure, but man, does he make it look real. You are... In the front of the crowd, you're blocking some kids' views, you asshole. But besides that, you're doing great. So I think, like, uh, unless, like, he kind of, like, is, you know, moving on to, like, you know, present some next trick thing, mm-hmm. uh, like, I will definitely give it a minute. And if it seems like he's kind of, like, going on with this rope thing, uh, if Al's close enough, he'll try to, like, because uh, this is Al's, like, plan that he's deviated while he's been, you know, with his one and a half Lucifer. Like, okay, he's part of the show. He doesn't want his show to go bad. So if I make my capture of him look like part of a show, everyone gets what they want, and I haul his ass out of here. Okay. So if he's, like, if he's not, like, you know, broadcasting, like, you know, a big, like, next trick, 
uh i'll definitely do like a whole like you know kind of like hop up is there like a stage he's on right or you say like no. a table his stuff's on a table but he's on a street corner okay then um i will kind of like you know schmoozy his way like around the table and mm-hmm. kind of do like a whole uh, with his hands up in the air and he goes and for his next trick ladies and gentlemen he will attempt to escape from many knots. Isn't that right, Mr. Matthews? No, wait, what is his name? Yeah. Uh, Ma- Matthew McFate. <laughs> Mr. Matthew. <laughs> so he stops his trick, like pauses, and looks over at you and smiles. I wasn't quite prepared for that one. Not yet. But for a fan, I'd do anything. And he looks at you. And he looks at... Like, how... Do you look like you're ready to spring? What are what are you doing? Um, and not, like, quite ready to spring, but gives, you know, that kind of, like... Like, oh, that's that cheesy smirk of just, like... Basically, without words, saying, ah, I got you now, fucker. <laughs> yeah, so he... That's what probably anyone would do. He throws the rope at you. But it's not like an aggressive throw. It's it's a very confident flourish of the wrist. Tosses it to you. Snaps his fingers. And then he's ten feet away. What the fuck? And the crowd gasps and looks around. And you hear from behind the crowd. Mr. Long, it's always a pleasure. And he bows and he takes off running so immediately still trying to like just going to sprint right after him hold like still with the rope in hand uh and then Al just kind of like still trying to like play it off with it and just like running with the rope and he goes and now ladies and gentlemen watch as i type a magician and just (laughs) starts running (laughs) okay awesome uh so do you run through the crowd or around the crowd? How much thought does Al put into it? Oh, shit. Probably not a lot. Um, he would, like, in his, like, yelling that out, he would probably, okay, so he would probably jump on the table to kind of, like, be like, I'm fucking coming through. Uh, and then try to run through the crowd, hoping people are just like, ah, oh, this man is nuts. <laughs> so, Al, as you jump on the table... It collapses. It is not meant oh, for a grown man's weight. <laughs> it snaps. It crashes. You fall. You tumble. Take a wound as you just eat. Shit. However, I will give you the chance to do uh, an acrobatics check to see if you can parkour your way to a tumble and a takeoff running again. Acrobatics. I don't think I have. I do not. Shit. would like to cheat this you can't because you don't have it as a skill oh fuck you right okay um yep damn okay so an eight of rams <laughs> all right um i'm gonna say that that's enough it's not graceful i would say there's maybe you do an extra tumble that you didn't really want to do and you kind of hop once or twice as you try to find your balance after but you're able to keep going and you're able to keep him in your sights as well 
Alrighty, I'm a running. I'm a running. <laughs> uh, as as you're running, he you you blink once. It's weird. It's almost like his shape blurs, and then there's two of them, and the shapes blur again, and then there's four of them, and then eight, and this little crowd forms of Matthew copies, and. He slows down, and as he slows down, the rest of them slow down, and they're all kind of moving around each other, like no one's staying in the same spot. And it's like a massive shell game. What the fuck is this? <laughs> if you could give me a willpower check. Uh, that is a 12 of Rams. Oh, yeah. You see him peel off from the group to go around a corner. And you even with that kind of a flip, you don't worry about pushing through the rest of them. They keep moving on in a straight line. Little wind-up dolls almost. They're, they have no conscience whatsoever. But you're able to, to follow McFate as he takes the corner. And you're gaining on him. You are. You can like tell that as he's slowing down you're just getting there inch by inch and you're not quite in grabbing grasp or even jumping grasp yet but you're so close and then this loud boom happens and another one and another one and in the sky fireworks explode golds and reds and purples and and the few people that are around because it also is a reasonable time of evening where people are still out and about they're watching you as you run by them Everyone stops and looks up at the sky, completely mesmerized. So I also need another willpower from you to see if you get caught up in the very pretty fireworks show. Yeah, damn it. Was a nine of tomes. You're fine. You hesitate for a moment. And it's just enough for him to gain the lead again. But you, you shake your head and, and the pretty lights stop distracting you. And you're able to chase after him once more. And then as as you're following, his body does that thing again where it blurs and you, you see another one of them come out. But it's not him this time. It's you. And he turns and faces you. Straight on. Doesn't move, doesn't say anything. What the, what the fuck? fuck? And as you say that, so does he. This one might freak him out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Al, so being Al trying to logically come up with why he's seeing himself. So Al, Al will kind of like look at him, you know, kind of like chuckle a little bit. And he's like, nice, get up. You kind of look like me, but you didn't quite get the jawline. Uh, and Al, thinking that it's just him playing another trick of like, look at me, I look like you, is going to like try to dive for himself. God, what do I want that to be? I need it to be something. Dive check. Um... You want a husbandry? That's real high. I can use husbandry. <laughs> <laughs> if Al can explain husbandry to me. Oh shit! Wait. Okay. Wait. 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 Because now I got it. I got it. <laughs> uh, 
Ooh, ooh. This might actually work. Wait a minute. Because it's the care, cultivation, and breeding of crops and animals. Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, when the when the pigs get out the pen, you just got to jump and tackle them down. Yeah, so go ahead. Give me a husbandry check then. Oh my gosh. Tackle them down a hog tie. Ooh, sweet daddy. So <laughs> that is... New definition of husbandry. <laughs> 15 atones. Damn, yeah. You do, and you tackle him to the ground easily. He is so surprised by your aim, mostly, in this case. And you knock him down so hard that the illusion breaks. It's it's this loose, almost looks like flakes of gold, but it's, it's, it's not a, a massive change. It's just like a few of them hit the air as he hits the ground. And he looks up at you, grinning. Damn, why didn't you do that sooner? So I actually, I'm surprised myself that this is actually him. <laughs> yeah, so this is... Okay, this I thought it was like an illusion, illusion. Illusions, Michael. No, um, the, the moment you have here as he's... The hair's knocked out of him, too. He's not really going anywhere at the moment. You realize that the, the, the shadow that you see of McFate also kind of shimmers away. It's, it's not prominent, but you definitely see the, the image fade. Something hits the air, and there is Matthew McFate right below you. So, they're probably, probably panting because he's been running and just tackled this guy. Just, you know, it's a good try. But I'm the only one who can pull off this look. <laughs> he tries to laugh. His body hurts now. Um, particularly the back of his head. You know, cobblestone. Super fun. Okay, because uh, I didn't say so. Al, um, you know, like get up and kind of like you know by the collar, and it's like, all right, let's go. And he will, with the rope, still attempt to tie his hands behind his back. He is willing to be bound. And now the fun begins. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> he's, he's giving you the green. Nice. Yeah. No. So he doesn't put up a fight. He's still kind of chuckling over the whole affair. Oh, I gotta, I gotta ask one favor before you take me in. Not with this again. My wife, she's pregnant. I, I know you gotta take me in. Uh, you, you're one fair and square. I'm, I'm not gonna take that away from you. But can you just, can I say goodbye to her one more time? She's in Malifaux. We're going there anyways, right? Can't you send her a card? He looks at you and kind of squints a little bit. Where do you think I'm going? Look, uh, every time, every time, this is it. I told you, this was it. What, I, 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 I he, like, he, he tries to, you know, move his hands up in the hands up in the air, but you know, hands are tied. I, I'm not saying I don't want to be taken in. I, as soon as I say goodbye to my wife, I'm okay. Just please, this one last thing, for old time's sake. I'm not undoing these ropes. You're going to have five minutes or so. Help me. You'll be another notch in this rifle. And I'll just have to take in a bloody corpse. Do you hear me? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. That won't be necessary. That is A-okay. Come on. He goes along with you. He's stumbling a little bit. Still maybe a little woozy from 
the fresh head trauma. Probably during the he, walk, like, oh, sorry. I just want to say, like, probably during the walk, like, to himself, but still loud enough for him to hear. And it's like, God, I should just gagged you, too. I don't have to listen to all your bull crap. Just take you in and say, fuck it. No, now I gotta go talk to your wife. And now I gotta look like an asshole. Look like one. So out doing like, because I imagine he's like holding like the rope, like, you know, with his like hands, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like handcuffs out, like holding. Um, we'll do kind of like a, a quick yank backwards, kind of like <laughs> pull him a little bit on his arms. And he goes, whoops. Uh, again, he laughs. It's not a mocking laugh. It's just, he seems in really high spirits. It's going to piss Al off. <laughs> the hell is so funny. I mean, I didn't want to go out like this, but it's done. There's no more running. I'm I'm a dead man, but it's done. Look, you're what, a street magician with your, your fancy whatever the hell that was. What'd you possibly have done? I'm going to lock you up, slap you on the wrist. I guess before I give too much information away. Who gave you the bounty? Some Gib dude. Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Oh. Gibson. Let's see. Mr. Gibson has a Mrs. Gibson. And thanks to little old me, she got hooked on the brilliance. Couldn't be helped. I mean, it could have been helped. But, you know, a job's a job. I should really punch you in the jaw. You could. And he flashes you a, a cheeky smile. I don't think of the jaw. I think he'll give him one of those, like, you know, quick, uh, probably like, you know, left left hand is like what's holding, you know, his hands behind his back. Just a quick, like, right hook to the gut. I, it, it succeeds. He's bound. Again, he's not putting up a fight. And he coughs. <laughs> and loses his balance a little bit. Again, he kind of laughs. It's still not mocking, just this mirthful laugh. Who knew? You know, it's hard out there to get a dollar. It's crazy how far some of us will go to provide for our families. Yeah, but not that way. She came to me. And? She's a grown-ass woman. If she wanted to try brilliance, she could try brilliance. She certainly had the money for it. You know, I know that last one wasn't the jaw. But the next one can be. You gave the man's wife brilliance. That's real fucking low. I've given wives' husbands brilliance. What's the difference? I don't play that shit. It's a woman. What the hell is wrong with you? Consider me progressive. And he tries to straighten up a little bit. I just think they should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And if that means they're sitting around the table, I'm okay with it. It's not my fault. That Mr. Gibson is on a revenge path now. He should be focusing on his daughter. But if he's still, after all this time, harboring a grudge, fine. Yeah, and uh, say he slipped your wife, your pregnant wife, brilliance. You'd be perfectly fine with that, huh? My wife's happy. It's not a concern I have. <laughs> it's fine. I know how to avoid answers as well. Let's go. You guys make it to the train. It's... I mean, the, the train does run constantly. You're able to get a ticket. And actually, there's there's been at least two tickets on standby since the bounty was given to you. However, if you've used them, 
then you need to buy your own tickets. Or sneak your way on, one of the two. No, I imagine like the first time he quote-unquote thought he caught him, it was just like really like, hell yeah. Um, he would have used them because he's like, this is what these are for. Got this. We're doing this. This is it. So you knew this going into this. And so tickets to Malifaux are expensive. It taps you out every last dime you have and a line of credit to Balcazar Bonds. Like that's what it takes to get you guys back to Malifaux. Fuck. It's doable. And you get on the train. It's not packed. It seems to be more businessmen seeming to come into Malifaux. But uh, you, you find yourselves a pair of seats by a window. They're facing each other. And he plops down. Seems very calm. Still smiling, but calm. No wonder Al is so mad at this dude. Like, Al just went fucking bankrupt. <laughs> Get this <laughs> asshole back to Malifaux. <laughs> I'd be pissed too. God damn it. Um, so I guess like I was sitting, I mean, Al just kind of like, so why the brilliance? Hmm? Why the brilliance? I, I, I gotta know. Why? The money is awfully good. Awfully good. But what it does to people, is that worth it? I'm not forcing it down people's throats. Yeah, I don't force lead down people's throats, but I mean, hey, it's still one hell of a way to go. I don't know. You hear people who die from drinking. You don't question the bartender. Yeah, I got nothing on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I try to say you don't gotta. Just, you know, you can't protect everybody. I'm not really into the protecting thing. Pretty much look out for numero uno. And get what needs to be done, done. Like you. Your job needs to get done. And it did. The train takes off. Slow at first. The stuff you do, like how? Oh, you know. A little distraction here. Flick of the wrist there. Ta-da. And as he says that, he lifts his hands. He's out of the ropes. Because, you know, Al did use his own trick ropes to cuff him. (laughs) Fuck. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think Al thought of that either. (laughs) It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) I am over long. (laughs) before you can even really react the train's going through the breach and your trips to the breach have never been so monumental before you've heard again these stories of people going berserk of seizures of whole trains like passengers worth of trains just missing going disappearing entirely and this is like your first bad experience this is your first bit of turbulence on the train bad trip (laughs) the the train starts to shake and rattle and you feel it lift up off the tracks first on the left and then on the right as it wobbles this way and that. And then it sounds like someone grips the top of the train like it's a toy, but it isn't careful with it. You can look up and you see almost finger indents hitting the roof of the train as it's lifted and thrown as you're tumbling and hitting the, the side of the, the train and back. You start to see the reflections of your past bounties. You see the the ones that you've killed, the few that there are. And you see the ones that you've taken. And in a similar way, you know that even though you didn't kill them personally, you know their fate wasn't going to be happily ever after. You know you're delivering them to their doom. 
and the the, vis- the 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 faces you see in the train are ghostly in nature. Their eyes are sunken in, and they're blue and gray and green, and this this mixing of faces. And then one pushes through, and it's not just her face; it's hands. And it's the face of your first bounty. Can you tell me about your first bounty? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a woman, and she was a redhead, beautiful redhead, and she she wasn't a, a huge bounty, but it was uh, enough to that would get him through the night. You know, he's just gotten in, into the whole bounty hunting thing, which is like, okay, I need some extra cash. So she was, you know, and she, as, because of how beautiful she was, obviously she was, uh, found her ways into lots of men's pockets. And it was time they brought her in. She was, you know, taking important things, just money in general. When Al met her, at first he couldn't seem to, I guess, grab her at first. He was, like, smitten by her beautiful red hair. I guess upon, like, you know, catching her and uh, having to transport her back, you know, they had come into a lot of conversation. And he ended up really connecting with her, um, talking about his his past and stuff. You know, son of a farmer. And he wasn't born to be what he is now, to be, you know, a, a, a mercenary bounty hunter. You know, he was just a farmer boy. But the woman had a weird, I guess, itch. She tried to do, you know, the whole batting the eyes and telling him, you know, if you bring me to them, I, I don't know what I'll do without it. I just, I just need the money. But Al being so stuck on, no, this is, this is my bounty. I have to, I have to do this. Part of him ached because of how he began to feel for this woman. But, you know, of course, he's like, I, I just met her. I don't, I don't really know full story so he still ended up turning her in and she ended up uh normally he wouldn't ask but of course it being his first bounty he was curious you know what so what what's going to happen to her like what what is uh she just going to get locked up she going to be you know beaten or something like what's what's going on so i guess what we'll go she was addicted to opiates and she ended up driving herself crazy no longer having the thing that she craved and needed. And Al, part of him, couldn't help but... I mean, he ended up pushing it deep down, but at the time couldn't help but think he drove this woman to her madness and eventually her death by bringing in this bounty, getting the money he wanted, and doing this job looking like a quote-unquote hero. This woman sat in a cell and suffered. She was only trying to get by and get what she needed to survive. As Al's thinking about this this story, this experience that he had, he locks eyes with this woman. And where you can't hear it, she screams. She screams and screams and screams, her head shaking back and forth. And you see the window crack. And then all the windows shatter, blowing glass inwards. You somehow manage to avoid any damage, although you know that the glass tore through you. 
And finally, this train skids and stops. It stops rolling and slides. And there's McFate. Smiling at you. As he starts to crawl up and out of the window. Though he stops, he pauses. And he looks at you as if giving or asking for permission to leave. Al probably not so quite set on, oh my gosh, I have to jump and like catch him. But more in the mindset of like, holy fuck, this, you know, this train just did like a whole bunch of stuff. I just saw whatever the hell that was. Um, like he'll like reach for him, kind of like his hand out. Kind of like, we, it's like weekly, I guess. Like, don't, don't, don't you fucking dare. I'm sorry, Al. I gotta look out for my family. And he jumps out the window. And at the moment he passes through, you blink. You're back on the normal train. Everyone else is acting like nothing happened. The windows aren't blown out. The only thing that's different is that Matthew McFate is gone. You son of a bitch. Hey there, gorgeous. Thanks for listening to us today. And if you like this episode, why don't you go ahead and subscribe? Might as well rate and review us while you're at it. Now, if you're looking for updates, you can find us at soulstorypod.com. In case you were looking to stay in touch, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at soulstorypod. Now, if you wanted to keep in touch with all of us folks personally, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Moose at Mooseyfo, Spencer at Spare Bear the Meek, the lovely man who plays yours truly, Albert Long, at Hot Bam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and Alex at Roll for Alex. And as always, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs>